When some of us think of relationships with mother-in-laws, the first words that come to mind are challenging, tiring, undermining, and frustrating. Before I got married, before I even started dating my husband, I wondered what kind of relationship I would have with my own future mother-in-law. We tend to see a negative light shed on in-law relationships in movies and TV shows. Monster-in-law is an easy one that stands out to me. I think to a lot of people, the difficulty of these relationships is understandable. You have a devoted mother, or father for that matter, think of father of the bride or meet the parents, who raised their precious son or daughter, and now they've gone on and met the love of their life. They're getting married, and you're just supposed to naturally welcome this person with open arms and let your child go. It's a heartbreak that, at least for me, I didn't fully understand until I had two boys of my own. Although I'm many years, hopefully, from watching them get married, I get it. That's going to be so tough. On the flip side, when you marry and start a new life with your spouse, you're becoming a part of their family and vice versa. That blend, that transition of starting your own lives together while still very much being a part of both your families, all with you know potentially different opinions, morals, and values, that can be so hard. We all hope for the blending of our families to be smooth, or if it's a rough start, We hope for the kinks to get worked out and for everyone to live harmoniously together. And then for some of us, well, we hit the jackpot. I am one of those people. When I first met my beautiful mother-in-law, Sylvia Elizabeth Garcia, she was the last person in David's family I had yet to meet. And just for the record, neither of us knew why David kept us apart for so long. I mean, I had met all of his uncles, aunts, and cousins, everyone except his mother. But in December of 2011, right before Christmas, I finally got to meet her. She was so sweet, seemed a little timid, but I could immediately tell she had a huge welcoming heart. I could also tell that David was her entire world. He was her one and only child, and she had raised him on her own since David was very young. The thought definitely crossed my mind that this could be a challenging relationship if David and I were to end up together. Man, was I wrong. She was supportive, loving, and beyond kind and generous since day one. Being from El Paso, Texas, she didn't complain or object once when we told her we wanted to get married outside in Pennsylvania in the middle of winter. She shivered uncontrollably the whole time, but she was so happy. She treated me like I was the daughter she never had. Whenever we got to see her, she'd treat me to go get our nails done, which was so special to me. We'd sip our coffee in the mornings and she'd tell me stories about David as a young boy and about her life growing up and as a young adult. We'd talk about the injustices of the world. We'd talk about God. And she would always say how she wished she could do more for people and animals in need. She was always giving absolutely whatever she could to people in her community, 
especially at the school she worked at for many years. She took in so many stray dogs and cats into her home and fed even more that she'd seen on the streets. Her heart was filled with love and constant heartache for those innocently suffering. I'll never forget, about a year and a half into our marriage, David and I went through a rough patch, and at one point, he flew down to stay with his family in Dallas for three whole weeks. They were some of the longest weeks of my life. My angel of a mother-in-law called me just about every single day to see how I was doing and flooded my ears with prayers and love. She always told me how much she loved me. But when she knew I needed it most, she showered me with that love, just with her words, since we were many, many miles apart. I think she was the happiest of all when David and I started going to counseling and, with God, completely repaired our marriage. When we started a family and had our little Andrew David, she left us in the dust. (laughs) Andrew was here, and he was the only one she had eyes for. He became the center of her world now, and she radiated joy around him. He was spoiled by his grandma, Shebe. Their time together was so precious, and of course, every single time she'd have to leave us, she'd cry. From the moment she left, she'd be counting down the days until she could be with him again. As soon as Andrew could walk, he would run to her with arms wide open every time she walked through the door for another visit. Right before we had Emmett, she flew up to be with us and take care of Andrew with my mom while we were in the hospital. She was so good about sending us many pictures But the ones she sent at night, when it was just her and Andrew alone, were so, so special. She was on cloud nine, getting to have that one-on-one time with her firstborn grandson. And when Emmett was born, she had another precious boy to love. And she would hold him for hours while he napped on her. Because he was a newborn and most of his care was taken care of by mama and daddy, I will forever be grateful for her devotion to Andrew to help his transition into becoming a big brother and never being without constant love and affection. In her role as my mother-in-law, she never, ever tried to tell me how to run my household or how to raise our boys. She never said, you're doing that wrong or it would be best if you did it this way. All she did was ask how best she could help and loved us all fiercely. She was simply the best. On January 25th, 2019, she flew to Baltimore to visit us for Andrew's third birthday. We had no idea that it would be our last visit with her. It was a wonderful visit, as they all were. I remember when she was all packed up, she had her purple coat on, which was her favorite color and her backpack on ready to go. The tears were flowing already as she gave Andrew the biggest hug and kisses and wishing him a happy birthday now that he was a big guy and three years old. She kissed and held Emmett and then me. And it was perfect. 
I'm so thankful to God for that. On February 15, 2019, we suddenly had to say goodbye and let her go home to Jesus. My husband, whose heart was completely broken, he had to let his first love go. His beautiful mom. The grief is still so strong, but we rest in knowing we will be with her again. Sylvia was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. (laughs) She loved the color purple, like I mentioned before. She loved coffee and sweets. She loved the Lord and always attended Mass. She was devoted to everyone in her life and every animal too. Whenever I read the Gospels, I find her in Jesus' story of the widow's offering. Luke 21 says, While Jesus was in the temple, he watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said. This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given everything she has. Now my mother-in-law wasn't poor, but she absolutely gave everything she had, even if that meant she'd be without. She was the definition of what it means to be a servant of the Lord. We miss her every day, but we will never stop telling her stories and inspiring others to live like Sylvia, to love like Sylvia, and honor God with your life like she did. We love you. We miss you. We'll see you soon, sweet angel. I don't really have a favorite memory of Sylvia, but what I love about her is that despite other people's faults and flaws, she always saw the best in everyone. And she was kind, caring, gentle, and she treated us all like we were her own. I love you, Sylvia, and I miss you so much. Oh man, it is very difficult to just share one memorable moment. There are way too many. I will share one funny story that my family and I often like to talk about. Ms. Garcia lived very close to our home back in El Paso, Texas, five minutes away at the most. Her love towards our daughters was immense. She babysat our daughters from time to time. My youngest daughter, Shalom loved her pacifier. Unlike my oldest who never had the need to use it, Ms. Garcia will often tell me that Shalom was a little too old for a pacifier. She will be like, Otto, she's too old now to be with a pacifier. She will tell me that very often. Shalom was little at the time. I, I want to say probably a little over a year. We asked Ms. Garcia if she could babysit our daughters while my wife and I will go out on a date. 
Amen. She had everything planned. Miss Garcia took the pacifier off my daughter's mouth, showed her the pacifier, and told her there is no more pacifier, and threw it in the trash can. And that was the end. Miss Garcia felt that she had accomplished so much that night. She was so happy she was able to contribute to my daughter's growth in that way. Until this day, my daughter Shalom, even though she was little at the time, recalls the day Miss Garcia took the pacifier from her. My family and I love the fact that Miss Garcia was part of our daughter's growth. She's remembered by them with so much love. And my family miss Miss Garcia so much. We love you, Miss Garcia. Many years ago, I was told I would have to go to Las Vegas to attend a concert with Sylvia. I did. It was her favorite singer, and she is the president of the fan club. She told me she would be back. As I was watching the concert by myself, I noticed a large group of women down by the front of the stage. When I looked closer, I realized that my sister-in-law, Sylvia Garcia, or Shivi as we know her, has taken her bra off and is swinging it in the air and throws her bra up on the stage and everybody goes crazy, including this guy laughing. What a sight. I've never seen my sister-in-law in action. She was one crazy woman. We love her to death. We do miss her. Okay, so my favorite memory of Shibi may be a little different than everyone else's, but um, she was the most selfless person. She gave everything to everyone. She thought about everyone before herself except for the one time she forgot me at the YMCA. So um, Shivi was supposed to pick me up because my mom couldn't pick me up at my after school program. And she left a note in her car to remind herself the next day. Well, the next day she took the other car and she did not have the note. So um, the after school program came and went and Shivi never showed up for me and they had to take me to the main office and then um, at the main YMCA, they called and called my mom and called and called Shivi, and finally they got a hold of Shivi, and she showed up just completely sobbing, like a complete disaster, because she <laughs> cannot believe that she forgot me. And so she comes running, she gives me a big hug, she feels terrible, she says she's so sorry, and then she takes me shopping and buys me everything I wanted at the store. So <laughs> all was forgiven, and I bought a, um, little um, Lion King set of stuffed animals and I actually still have them and now my kids play with them. So it's really special because it feels like Shivi's still here giving to my kids even though she's gone. Um, until she died we still laughed about that story like that was something that uh, she <laughs> never forgave herself for and I always picked on her for it but uh, it was all out of love and I knew that um, she was always there for me when I needed her.
Sylvia was little, we all called her Shivi. The reason being, my cousin Javier, who was a few months older than me, could not say Sylvia, so he would call her Shiva, and eventually it turned into Shivi, and we knew her Shivi all of our lives. Shivi was so funny sometimes, but she was always studying. She loved school. About a week after graduation, my graduation from high school, I moved to Lubbock with her. We moved into an apartment, and it was so much fun living off campus. Shivi always liked her heritage. She loved being Hispanic. Geraldo Rivera, who was big back then, came to a club. She was a big member of the UMAS club at Texas Tech. UMAS was United Mexican American Students. When Geraldo Rivera showed up at the club, and this was at a nightclub, not at the actual clubhouse, she got to meet him and she was so excited because he was so pro-Hispanic back in the day. And that was one of the things that I loved to see about her, that she never gave up her heritage. She loved living in El Paso. She loved the people. She loved the food. And she, best of all, she loved all of her animals. Yeah, she loved all of her animals. And she was always that way. We'll miss Shivi forever and ever. I love you, Shivi. second to the youngest of five children. My sister Sylvia was the oldest of five of us, born into a very traditional Mexican family. My parents were both from Mexico and didn't speak a lick of English. They came to the States through a program called Los Braceros. That is a whole nother story in itself and an awesome one too, one which we're all very proud of. But anyway, Sylvia had my mother's heart and gift for giving. From carrying all of us siblings and teaching us English, she became known to us as Mama Sista. The story of this Mama Sister, or Shivi as we used to call her, is this. Shivi's aneurysm ruptured suddenly about two years ago. We all rushed to El Paso to be by her side. Upon walking in her house, which we had not visited for several years, she had what looked like a literally a maze of doggy door gates doggy gates throughout her house sectioning off each one of the rooms. Within each gate was a small dog or two. They were a total, there were a total of seven small ones and one large one. We didn't know their names nor their stories, but you could tell that each one was very loved and craved attention like crazy. The minute you'd walk in, they'd just want to be near you. When we all went our separate ways after it was all over, Back to our own lives, we farmed out each one of these dogs. I brought home what we renamed as Peanut. He's about 10 years old. He's a Chihuahua doggy mix, but definitely got the not so appealing traits of both of these mixes. In other words, he is a strange looking mutt. He's about two inches tall, has one inch legs, and about 20 pounds, so you can imagine what he looks like. And his little head is way too small for his body. And his ears are crooked at that. He probably would win the ugliest dog contest. But anyway, back to we have fallen in love with Peanut and adore him. I can't say this without crying, but when we lose him, I know I'm going to mourn all over for my sister. Peanut is my little piece of her that I have left.
One of my favorite memories is how my big sister thought David hung the moon. David was about nine months old, cooing in his crib. She came running out saying, Did you hear David? He said, It's cold outside, Mom. We laughed at her because we all knew that he didn't say that. She insisted as much as she believed then, as she always did, that David was a miracle of life. And he was this miracle in her heart. He always hung the moon. When I see the moon, I remember her forever love for her baby boy, David. So, Grandma Stevie used to do whatever I asked her to do, and she did it. Daddy, I know you miss Grandma Stevie, but when you go to heaven, you'll see her in heaven. I love you, Daddy. I love and I miss you, Grandma Stevie. I love you, Grandma Stevie.